Well, last Tuesday, while all eyes were on Ryan Tuberty at the Public Accounts Committee, members of Shannon Theron were debating the future of services for people with disabilities, specifically a new bill that would legally oblige the state to provide services to those with additional needs. Now, despite cross-party support for the bill, government sought to put forward an amendment to delay the bill's progress for 12 months, a move widely called out as being an attempt to kill it off altogether and which drew criticism from across the political divide. Now, in a moment, I'll be speaking to the independent senator who brought this bill forward. That's Tom Clonan. But first, have a listen to what Tom said in his speech in the Shannon this week, where he spoke about his son, Owen. Owen Clonan hasn't had any meaningful physiotherapy, occupational or speech therapy for over a decade. And as a parent, when we do get the occasional physio appointment, they measure his deterioration. Can you imagine how it feels as a parent and a carer to see your child deteriorate? And we can do something about that in this house. I believe an amendment will be proposed to delay this bill for a year. I think that's shameful. It's cynical. It's hypocritical. And you know what? It's consistent. Because he's been on a waiting list for years. Tens of thousands of children and young adults have been on waiting lists. And what you're doing with this bill is putting it on a waiting list. If nothing, you're consistent. And that was Independent Senator Tom Clonan. Tom Clonan, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Colin. You were speaking there as a parent, also as a senator. It's bringing your own family's case onto the floor of the Shannon. There's a position you'd rather not be in, nor I suppose talking about it on the public airwaves. But do tell us about Owen. Yes, Owen is, um, he's one of uh, four adult and teenage kids that... uh, that we have owns 21. He's in, he's in third level. He is a neuromuscular disease. He's a wheelchair user. And like the tens of thousands of children and adults out there and elderly people in Ireland, the services are, are, are in deep crisis. Now, I got an on the record admission from the CEO of the HSE, Paul Reed, before Christmas last year that the disabilities, uh, progressing disabilities services has failed and is in complete failure. Now, one of the things that makes Ireland different from every other country in, in the European Union is we're the only jurisdiction where there is no legal obligation on the state to provide the services, supports, therapies and interventions that will be set out in an assessment of needs. So we're outliers and the purpose of this legislation is to bring us in line with international best practice, bring us in line with our European Union partners and basically vindicate the fundamental human rights of disabled citizens. Uh, It's just an extraordinarily poor situation in Ireland. We're one of the worst countries in the European Union to have a disability. And it doesn't need to be like that. We we can do a lot better. Uh, We have the resources to do it, but I I think it's a kind of a cultural issue. Uh, It it sees, we're, we're a society that has for decades seen disability as a kind of a charity issue, as something that we should feel sorry for people with disabilities, but it's not. It's a fundamental human rights issue. And, and we can do better. You spoke about bringing Owen for various therapies, which were in effect updates on his deterioration. Is it your belief that had he got the services he needed, that those visits would have been something different? 
Oh, of course. I mean, if if we lived in 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 Britain, or if we lived in Germany, or if we lived in you know in many other jurisdictions, his life would be completely different. He he would live an independent, autonomous life. As it happens, he he's twenty one. He he will live at home with us, possibly until I until I die, and then you know I don't know what his fate will be. I've asked the HSC about this, and the senior senior social worker in 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 my area told me in 2019. She said, "Well, does he have siblings?" And I said, "Yes." And she said, "Does he have a sister?" I said, "Yes." And she said, "Well, what are you worried about? She can look after him when you die." And that's the kind of culture, and and that's from a, a social worker in 2019. It's not 1919 or 1819. It's it's really shameful here, and you know we really need to. To, to, to get to grips with this, we need to fully ratify the UN Convention on all of its protocols on the rights of persons with dis- disabilities, but we need to make it legally ob- obligatory. We need to force the HSE and the Department of Health to do what it says in the tin and treat and and that component of it, of disabled citizens' life, you know, needs to be addressed because it's absent at the moment. And And there are tens of thousands of listeners column, uh, you know, who have children with autism or who are neurodiverse or who have intellectual disabilities or physical disabilities. And they know what I'm talking about. They're probably screaming at the radio. There are no services out there. And when you're in the community, nobody can hear you scream. This, This is suffering and despair that's going on behind closed doors all over the country. And what tangible difference would your bill make? Well, it would immediately make it obligatory for the state to, to, to carry out its functions. Now, I know from talking to Minister Rabbit that she has had issues with the HSE where, in some instances, they've just point-blank refused to administer or implement budgets when it comes to personal assistance and so on. So this would, it would actually empower the minister in her, in her role and would empower future governments. And can I just say, Colm, like last week was was a very important moral victory, you know, to defeat a government amendment by whatever means. It's it's almost unheard of. One of, one of the ushers in Leinster House told me he's been there for 17 years. He's never seen this happen before. And I want to thank my colleagues in the in the Shannad, particularly well, for, the for go- anybody who's not familiar, uh, Tom, because obviously there was a, another story going on in the uh, Arachthus committees that day, namely the uh, appearance of Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberley at the Public Accounts Committee, and later on in, in the Media Committee. What happened in the Shannad, and what was the aim of the government amendment that was defeated? Well, just so listeners know, it's it's a numbers game. There are sixty senators, uh, approximately forty of them are government senators. So they have a massive majority in the Senate. So when I brought forward my legislation, which I can do as an independent senator, um, Cabinet instructed that a amendment be brought forward to basically kill the bill, uh, like like the Quentin Tarantino movie, Kill Bill. It was, it was designed to kill the bill. Um, but my colleagues across the floor, the, the government senators from the Greens, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, and particularly the senators in the opposition who supported me and who signed my bill from Sinn Féin, from Labour, uh, from the Civic Engagement Group and from my own independent group, like they all decided to take a moral stand. And for that, I am very, very grateful because Owen was in the chamber uh, 
And I did say it to them. I said, look, if you come in and vote for this government amendment, which will kill this legislation, you'll have to walk past this young man, Owen, and look him in the eye before you press that green button. And I made the point, you know, that the, our most vulnerable citizens, some of whom can't even reach out and, and pour themselves a glass of water, you have all these able-bodied, privileged people who are going to go in and press a green button and destroy this piece of legislation. And I think they were persuaded uh, well, I know that they were persuaded and I've been approached by senators from all of the parties expressing their support. And, and I would hope that I can count on their support to get the, the legislation through yeah. the remaining uh, stages. Uh, uh, it's, uh, and and it's, it's only one part of a journey, Colm. I know that there's the social model for disability, there's the medical model, but we don't even have the basic medical interventions that are necessary. And we need to value our physiotherapists, our OT, all the people on the front line are amazing. It's 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 the HSE, it's the Department of Health. And I have costed this. We can have the Australian model or something similar to it, uh, which is a lifelong autonomous wraparound system for, for disabled citizens. Uh, the, 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 the cost would be one seventh. That's all one seventh of the HSE's total uh, budget of, of 22 billion. It's it's we, we have the money for it. We have the resources for it. It's a philosophical, ethical stand. It needs to be a fundamental for, human rights issue. Just very briefly, uh, Tom, the in the event that never had to happen, the, the government um, senators didn't have to go and, and look your son in the eye as they pressed any green button. There was a sort of a technical loophole um, by which this amendment fell. What was that? So basically, the government didn't appoint tellers for the vote. So it allowed them to, I suppose, uh, defeat the, their own amendment without breaking the whip. But I would say this, a number of senators did indicate in their speeches that they would break the whip and that would have created a problem for government. And and I would I would ask Cabinet, if there's any members of Cabinet listening, would you please meet me and talk to me about this? I mean, I see members of Cabinet every day in Leinster House. I've been outside Leinster House at the gates protesting for 20 years years. And I know that the minister will say she's attempting to reorganise services and, and get over the failure that Paul Reid admitted to before Christmas. But I know that that's not the case on the ground. You know, it's it's more than just rearranging the, the deck chairs in the Titanic. We need a complete reboot and we need to service the needs of our most disabled citizens. And this isn't just for disabled children and adults. This is your parents, column, my, my parents, the parents of people listening, every single person in Ireland will become disabled at some point. Uh, the World Health Organization shows that, uh, on average, every single citizen will spend eight years of their lives uh, with a disability of some sort or another. And so these provisions that I'm proposing would allow, you know, our elderly parents to live with dignity at home instead of having to go to a nursing home. They'd have a home care package, which is much cheaper than putting people in and, and corralling them in nursing homes. Like, all of this makes sense. And I would appeal to Cabinet not to give out these cynical instructions okay. to destroy this legislation. It, it will benefit all Irish citizens. Just stay with us for a while, Tom, because I want to introduce our political sure. panel listening to you here in studio there. Anne Rabbit, Minister of State for Disability and Fianna Fáil TD for Galway East, David Cullinan, Sinn Féin TD for Waterford, and his party spokesperson on health, and Duncan Smith, Labour Party TD for Dublin Fingal, and... Also, his party spokesperson on health. You're all very welcome in studio today. Um, Anne Robert, you're the minister for with responsibility for disabilities. You were in the Shannon listening to Tom Clonan's speech. You've heard what he had to say today. He said that Cabinet issued an instruction 
for his bill to be delayed by 12 months. What was the thinking behind that? And is that the case? Uh, it was a time delayed amendment by 12 months. And to be fair to Cabinet, I think they're they're supportive of me and what I'm trying to do as Minister for Disability. It has taken me, and Tom is quite right in his saying is that when he had the former CEO in front of him where he said that the PDS model wasn't working. The which? The, the progressing disability services wasn't working. And, and some would say it's still not working and I won't disagree with that. That we set about as to what needed to be put in place and I, I will synopsize it very, very quickly. That I needed to put in place, it, it, it is about having clinicians to deliver services, column. That's the magic in this piece. Bringing forward a piece of legislation which I, I myself and Tom are, and government are in the one place. We do want more interventions. We want to ensure that children aren't sitting on assessment of needs and that there's a legal basis for assessment of needs but that basis doesn't mean that a child is getting it any quicker. We've 18,000 children waiting an assessment of need this minute. Um, having a legal basis for intervention, perhaps um, it would mean that those who could afford to get into the court systems would argue that they could get their children seen to first. But has, but that, has the legal basis for, the, for establishing, uh, sorry, the sorry. establishment of a legal basis for the assessment of needs not helped you in a deadline you set the HSE where you said you wanted assessment of needs done by August 1st or you would start to transfer money out elsewhere. Now, if that's helped your cause in that area, why wouldn't this help your cause in providing services? To be very fair in relation to to the Labour motion that was brought forward, of which I took at face value to say, that is what I have been trying to do. I was on, when Labour brought forward that motion, I was already doing this. I was trying to get it stood up. I just happened to disclose in the floor of the doll and put the deadline on it as the 1st of August. But the 12 months that you're looking for, ultimately Tom Clonan's bill is not going to be implemented in the morning. The doll is, and Shannon, they're going into recess. The uh, bill still has a number of other stages to go through. So isn't it likely you'll get that 12 months anyway? Uh, perhaps, absolutely. And I suppose really that's what I was... So why delay it? But... The point being, Colm, it was to be able to demonstrate um, to, to Senator Clonan and his other supporting colleagues that in the interim I had got more assistant therapy posts, that I had used the, the PDS roadmap to put in the master's programme, to put in the postgraduate programme, the doctorate of psychology, to actually put more people on the teams. And with having running the parallel process of the regional assessment hubs, that the teams could deliver interventions and the assessment hubs would be doing assessments. So that would be the first time we had ever have gone down that road that perhaps I could indicate. But I I, I don't hear that the the statutory or the legal basis for people getting needs assessments has at all impeded what you're talking about there. So how would what Senator Clonan is proposing impede the provision of services? What I'm saying is the cabinet were supportive that they wanted to see if we could go in the direction of the various... How is the delay of 12 months being supportive? Um, to be honest with you, you have to be able to demonstrate that we have ex- exercised every single option. To be quite honest with you, Colm, if I had my way in the morning that when when Minister O'Gorman brings the, the review of the Equality Act is done, I do actually believe the next step that needs to be done is the Disability Act needs to be reviewed, to be quite honest with you. And actually just taking one piece or the other, the Disability Act hasn't been looked at since 2005. That would be the next natural stage is to review it. Let's go back to the debate in the Shannon, David, Colin, and you saw this amendment being put down, you saw what happened ultimately. What's your view of it? 
Well, I think there's a misunderstanding from government, first of all, in relation to the 2005 Health Act, which does provide for a legal right for children to have an assessment of need. It doesn't provide a legal right to services, which is what uh, Tom and his bill was trying to remedy. Uh, But what that initial intention was designed to do to allow a legal right for uh, for an assessment of need was that, uh, first of all, a child should have that assessment of need within six months. But it also obliges the department and the HSE to furnish the Minister for Health with a report at the end of the year which would outline the aggregate need of educational supports and health supports and other supports that children would need following those assessments. Up to last year, those reports were not furnished for three years. So what Tom's bill, I would imagine, was trying to do was to, in the first instance, create a legal floor that there would be a right to services and then likewise with the assessments of need there is a responsibility then on the department and the HSE and government and budget time to provide the resources to vindicate the rights of children that's what needs to happen we have a situation at the moment and Anne will I'm sure agree with this that we don't have the capacity that we need for children to get the services that they need some of the services are very patchy a lot of the children's network teams that have been established are not fully staffed or partially staffed we have workforce plans planning issues where we're simply not training enough professionals, we can't recruit them quick enough and we also have a bizarre situation where some of those services are staffed by non-HSE staff who are on different rates of pay to HSE staff which also creates problems. But while Anne will agree with what I'm saying, we've been talking about these issues for years and years and years and yet there is no remedy. Tom's bill would be one step in the right direction but it would have to be matched then with capacity being added more staff being trained right. and then having the capacity to provide the children with the services that they need. Duncan Smith. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, I th- I th- just to first acknowledge, I think we're all been very f- familiar with and moved by the joint activism of Tom and Owen Clonan over many years now. Tom's bringing that activism to the Shannon now as, as, as a senator. Um, I think his, his I think this government tactic of delaying bills, this isn't the only, this, this is something they do almost every week. Uh, like I've had bills that have been time delayed. Um, I'm sure David's probably had bills been time delayed. Uh, but the fact there was a misstep here, given the nature of this bill, given the mm-hmm. uh, aim of this bill to time delay a bill that's aimed at improving uh, or, or, or you know, setting a marker out for, for, for providing disability services, I think, was a misstep by the government. And obviously there was a, 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 a mutiny of, uh, of sorts by government senators uh, in the Shannon on that. Uh, and and that, that's, that's to be welcomed. But, you know, if, if that bill was to be passed tomorrow, we will still face the same problems that we're facing in terms of providing therapies, in terms of even getting assessment of needs, which is what our motion, a part of what our motion was about, is we don't have the staff across the HSE, across the Section 38s, right. across Section 39s. And you mentioned, like, uh, all eyes were on the Ryan Tuberty debate the other day. I mean, part of that debate, I was in a meeting with Minister Rabbit and a number of families earlier on in the day trying to find uh, s- trying to find service solutions for, for adult uh, people with disabilities, you know. So, you know, a lot of us are focused on this day in, day out, and we just don't have the staff on the ground. We don't have right. the workforce mm-hmm. planning. Uh, so, to be I, honest, I, 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 but I, if but I could ju- come in, no, just no, if I, I could. I, absolutely, you can, but I do want to ask you ju- ju- just, uh, just a question. If families were empowered to go to the courts and effectively fine the state for its failure to provide services, wouldn't it help push this up, the priority agenda? 
Families are already going to the courts for the assessment of needs. Families are already pushing this up the agenda. What has taken me my time to the, the, the Progressing Disabilities Roadmap is going to the HSE board in the next two weeks where I have a suite of measures where I can share with everybody that I've worked intently with families, with the, the clinicians on the ground, with the HSE delivering it uh, and cross party with people um, for their support. To actually, when I came into as a minister three years ago, there was only 3% of the overall disability budget spent on therapeutic interventions. I've well over doubled that now. It's a huge priority for me. I've always said children's services, if we do early intervention, we actually will save the output at the end. Like where Tom speaks about, oh, not getting services for 10 years. That is wrong. The child that needs a has a disability that needs to have a service, they need to be on a database, they need to be looked at regularly. And earlier intervention... Access to education, access to employment. I'm 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 just not clear on how allowing Tom Clonan's bill to pass would impede any of that. I... Let's be fair to Cabinet. They were supportive of the work that I've been done for the last 12 months. If there was a time, de- if there was a time delayed amendment, perhaps in 12 months when I would come back before Tom, I would be indicate that how I had achieved in the last 12 months, it would have been a recce of what I had done. And then it would go to a second stage. That that was all. Because it wasn't any way cynical but if by any manner. Delayed, I'm the least isn't, cynical isn't, person you will actually meet. In actual fact, I have spent my time trying to find solutions. That's the sort of politician I am. And either lads will tell you this. Cross board, I'm a solution based. I've tried to, in the, in the next three weeks, what you will see, or the next six weeks, you will see a PDS roadmap that will show one set of solutions. You will see a new set of guide, clinical sure, guidelance I, I'm just for not, autism. I'm, I'm still and just, you will I'm just see not clear the disability on how delaying framework Tom for funding. But I'm not clear on how delaying Tom Clonan's bill would, would, imp- uh, would help what you're doing. And isn't there a danger that delaying the bill for 12 months means the actual passage of the bill would take longer, possibly it, 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 it ending and not even surviving beyond the lifetime of the current yeah. doll? I hear what you're saying, Colm, and I hear exactly where Tom was coming from. To be quite honest with you, myself and Tom have an open relationship, to be quite honest. I have made myself available to become before the Shannon every three months for the next 12 months to actually show the progress I am making. I just want it's to go not back a case of, of either or in terms of Tom's bill, which I support and providing services. But bear in mind, this government was brought to court by a number of families in relation to the assessments of need process. That process was struck out by the High Court. So the court system adjudicated and said the government failed in its duty to provide a proper assessment of need. So the courts can put pressure on a government to ensure that the services are available. But crucially, and this is the point, we have to stop talking about the lack of services and actually put in place solutions which the Minister is talking about and ratchet them up in terms of training right. places. Otherwise, I, I just, the problem is we're not going to go anywhere. I just you have go, a legal right and I support that. But I just, I just want to go back to, 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 go back to Tom Clonan on this. Services. Tom Clonan, you, you've heard the Minister there and, and she said you, you've, you've spoken to her on occasion. So what's, what's the disconnect then you, you see between the conversations you're having with the Minister of State and the understanding of those issues then at the Cabinet level? Uh, I fully support Minister Rabbit in her absolutely sterling efforts to work on disability. She's a very, very sincere and authentic person. And I know I, tr- I trust Anne to be a person of absolute integrity. But this legislation would bring us into line with the rest of Europe. We're outliers and it would fundamentally change the dynamic for disabled citizens from support and services being a matter of charity to being a fundamental human right. And it will actually help the minister and her successors to, to drive this thing forward. And as I said, there's I have a fully costed model to implement this. 
And it's it's not expensive. We just need to have some ambition about this. We not we need to see disability as a fundamental human rights issue that benefits all of us, all citizens. Because I said, when we're elderly, we'd like to live at home with dignity and not be shunted off to a nursing home. What uh, and I'm where's next with this help. bill, Tom? Well, I mean, again, after the recess, I will look for a, a slot to bring it to the next stage. And I'll be looking my fellow senators in the eye and asking them, please support me. And, and you know, it goes to show like the, the government senators and and my colleagues who, su- who supported and signed the bill in Labour and Sinn Féin and Civic Engagement Group, like we're not like Westminster or Washington. It's not that polarised. People are good. And when they hear a good idea and they know that it's ethical and that there's a moral reason for it, they, they, they actually supported me. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. And I hope that they will do that again at the next stage. And Owen will be in with me and the whole family. And again, and it's for all of those families out there. Oh, the, the, the hundreds of people who write to me every week who are in absolute crisis, who are who are heartbroken when they see their children not getting education or whose physical conditions deteriorate for suboptimal outcomes, the loneliness of it, the poverty of having a disability. It's it, it, we we can do better. We need to have some ambition in this regard. I know that Minister Rabbit has that ambition, but really. All endorsing this legislation will strengthen her hand. It'll change the valency chain and bring us into line with best practice internationally. Okay, well, we're going to stay with health-related matters uh, after the break and look at the National Children's Hospital. Stay with us for that.